Do you know what I like about my friends? It seems that whenever they decide to do brand new things, such as go to races, they start right at the top. Welcome to episode 30 of the Pitbox Podcast. So today, well, actually, Seb tried to keep it a secret for a little bit, but I was on to him, and then the rest of the group chat was on to him. He went to the Rolex 24. Now, obviously, this is a major event, not just because for IMSA, technically, it's the biggest event of the year and is one of the highlights of the entire racing season, as well as the first event of the racing season. But also, we had a new category of cars out. We had the GTP class that everybody's been waiting on for, for a few years now, the Cadillac, Acura, Porsche, and BMW joining. And of course, they'll be racing in WC as well. But fortunately, Seb was on the ground for us. We always had troops on the ground. We got our ears to the streets, every track in America. It doesn't matter. We know what's going on out here. And as I mentioned, this was Seb's first time going to, was it a recent general? Um. Yeah, yeah, we could call it that. Yeah. Race in general, first IMSA race, broke a lot of cherries. Whoa. How do you start Whoa, at the top? That. Okay. <laughs> How do you start at the top? Like, Gartrell goes to Spa. Men ain't ever been to no type of race before. It's like, you know what? Let's let's go to Belgium. <laughs> right. <laughs> this guy over here decides to go to Florida. Okay. All right. So, of course, me and Chris have, have been to a few events before, but... Let's talk, let's talk about Daytona, the hype, the crowd, which also was the most, well, the most, like, the highest attendance of a Rolex 24 as well for this one. So you definitely pick. <laughs> Lay it on the fans, Seb. Lay it on the fans. Yeah, I thought that was funny when you uh, when you texted in the group between uh, you, me, and Jordan, and you, like, took a I think you took a screenshot of like a helicopter view of all the people on the grid doing the grid walk before and I was like somewhere in there I I, I couldn't point myself out if you asked me to but like <laughs> it was insane like we got I guess just to lay it there like uh from the beginning from like um uh from the beginning of the race everyone came in and like pretty much went straight to the grid first me and my friends we went to uh the stands because that's where we wanted to watch the race kick off like well, my friends were a little bit less adventurous as myself. They wanted to find a good spot in the stands. They wanted to get a good chair, good good view of turn one. And I thought, this is cool, and I'll come back, but I'm going to leave you here in the meantime because, like, all this shit going on right now, like, I can't just look at it. I have to, like, actually get in there. Like, I want to, like, talk to people. I want to get close to the cars. Like, I want to – I want some action. Um, And so – I made myself, I made my way in there and uh, they, they first blocked off the grid and they had everybody like they were doing the whole grid walk. So all the cars were coming through. And then of course the GTP cars were the last ones to come around. Um, and then finally they got rid of the, uh, the wire that was covering or that was blocking the grid and everyone just crowded over and everyone was just going in, like taking peeks inside of cars There were people touching tires, like people just like really trying to test the limits of like, what can I, can I do? Yeah, and I was totally looking there like I, I'm really not trying to get kicked out of like before the race even starts. So I'm just gonna like 
peek into a window and like really get a good look, snap some photos. So, um, but yeah, to kick it off there, like it was, it was a great start. It was really exciting. You know, it's funny that you actually said that, you know, you kind of had your friends park up and then you took it upon yourself to go and explore. Basically me and Steve, like our, our trajectory is usually the exact opposite. We're like, let's do the, all the exploring in the beginning, right? Kind of get a feel for, for like the grid, get a feel for where the drivers are at, get a feel for when things are going to be happening in like different time frames of the race. So that this way you position yourself kind of, I guess, optimally to, to get the most out of it. Um, so I could definitely see how you wanted to go and explore more versus like most people, they definitely have like that same mentality where they probably go to the race and they're like, oh, I'm going to sit in one area and I'm just going to watch the race and call it a day. But yeah, once you actually get into like the exploration aspect, the grid walk, uh, you know, checking out the team's booths, uh, getting to see inside of some of the cars. And even in like the scenario that me and Steve, when uh, we went to Watkins Glen, sometimes you even get to like sit inside the cars as crazy as that might seem, depending on how good your networking skills are. So yeah, I could definitely see how you wanted to be all up in the mix, considering like the uh, the group of influence that we kind of got going on right now. <laughs> oh, 100%. I, the first thing I thought of was Steve sitting in the Porsche. And yeah, I'm like, he's like, bro, he's got to be but yeah, no, it was really cool. Cause I think from their perspective, like to your point, like one of them had been to, um, to Rolex, but like 10 years ago, the other, the other kid that we were with, he was a big NASCAR fan. And then the, we were there for a bachelor party. And so the bachelor boy himself, um, that was his first race altogether, just like myself. Oh, wow. and so everyone's concept. Like, I don't think this is common in NASCAR. My other friend who went to Rolex a couple of years ago, he's into racing, but like not as, as much as everybody else is. Um, at least not as much as myself and uh, my other my, the bachelor boy he just I don't know he it was his first race so I don't think he thought like oh we can really get that close and intimate to the cars like he kind of took it as like this is just like a football game or a soccer game or whatever you right. get your speed time. exactly yeah and I'm like dude if you can go onto the grid that they're going to be racing on like onto the pit lane that they're going to be conducting pit stops on like why would you not so right. I'm gonna do my thing. I'll see you guys later. Like say <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I mean, Steve, I guess what what would you say is like the most important thing for like considering the type of race that, that Seb went to go see, what was the most important thing that he should have done? Or um I guess like what would have been a more optimal way to kind of structure the day, I guess, just to give like the people who are watching like a better idea as to how they should approach going to like Daytona or something like that. Listen, man, you got to have a strategy, plan, execute. So <laughs> of course you mapping the whole thing out like the day before or two days before. And the first thing that I look at on the schedule is when, when do the festivities pop off essentially? Uh, not necessarily when does the gate open because the gates open pretty soon, pretty early in the day. And of course, there's so many people that stay at the track. Like, you know, that's not uh, that's not the most significant part. The most significant part is if it's the practice days, like when does the track go hot? And then for race day, when is the grid walk? Because you definitely because we go for multiple days, typically um 
you want to try and do as much meeting drivers and getting stuff signed and uh well as Chris said networking and stuff the days prior to the race just so that when race day comes you're not scrambling trying to meet people that you've been waiting your whole life to see and it's like oh i saw him like two three times already like that's my boy right. <laughs> you know, like, yo you throw at the peace sign like yo remember me yeah yeah like in, uh, that's that's, that's my people i'm about to be <laughs> <DM> later <laughs> we about to chop it up so i can see how, how i can get his job you know so <laughs> yeah, yeah. so you know it's like um yeah i think it's important to know exactly what time will the pits go hot for practice days uh because with emza that's that's the best value per dollar in terms of actually getting close and meeting people and just being in it uh you, you guys have heard us talk about it multiple times when it comes to other events where you go to f1 race if you want the type of access that you get at a at an emza race you either have to be like Brad Pitt, some have some crazy VIP ticket that you paid who knows how much for, or you yeah. have to be on the team, which to get on the team, unless like you're a mechanic, <laughs> you had to spend some real coin to be a part of that too. So I think Emza is great value for money. And like Chris said, like lit I literally was in a cup car last year. Yeah, like it's it, you, you don't really get that experience anywhere else. And even like briefly touching back on like traditional sports like American football, baseball, you know, soccer, et cetera. Like the closest that you get of an interaction with the actual people who are involved is like if you go to the game and you get to like kind of peek in the dugout, for example, for baseball or if maybe if you go to a football game, you might get the chance to see one or two athletes if you're lucky versus like a grassroots style of racing like IMSA and WEC, um, you know, for the money, once again, you're able to do just so much. It's just, it depends on you as an individual. Um, and then of course, depending on which race and which location, you know, how far of a distance you have to travel between, you know, going to the paddock versus going to where you're sitting versus going to where the shops are, you know, versus where would the teams be at? Kind of like what Steve was saying. But uh, but Seb, so you know, day one, tell us tell us really what's going on, and then uh, roll us into day two, man. Yeah, so for day one, it was it was really sick. It started at the grid walk. Uh, made myself like made my way like as far up and as far down the grid that I could go, like literally from the GTP cars all the way to the the GTD cars, and. It, which is a feat in itself because it really was so packed that like you're pretty much like maneuvering your way through like almost like Black Friday type crowds just to get from one end to the other. Um, but it was really cool. And I, I appreciate Steve for trying to get me hooked up with Gord uh, Jordan. Uh, Jordan. Um, I tried to make my way over to him. He was somewhere over by the 23 car, the Aston Martin, and we just were unable to connect. But I did like chatted up with one of the mechanics there and picked his brain a little bit. I thought that was pretty cool. And to like bring it full circle, we, when I went back to my seats, we did sit at the, at T1 and we did get to see the race start. We saw the, uh, there wasn't too much carnage, but there were definitely a lot of lockups by turn one. So that was a really cool experience in itself. Uh, a couple of safety cars to start too. Uh, but then we were there for probably maybe like an hour, hour or two, and then made our way to the infield. And we walked around the infield. You can go 
pretty much everywhere from the infield, except the only place we didn't really make our way over to was the, um, well, now they call it the La Mancha Cane. Um, that would have been sick if we could have made it there. But I think there was also like quite a distance from the chicane itself to like where the fence was just because like that, that's probably the most technical part of that track. And there was, um, I think there was an LMP2 car that like shunted really hard. Yeah, there was a hard hit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that was brutal. Um, but even just making your way around the infield, like you can go from pretty much like right where the hairpin is all the way up to, I think, turn five ends just at that corner. And then they start going around the loop and they make their way to the bus stop chicane. And then they start making their way around the uh, the other end of the loop as well. Um, so everywhere from the inside, from the infield, they had stands, they had just, the accessibility was insane. Like you could literally walk around anywhere. There were tents picked up everywhere. There was a whole Porsche section. So the, the Porsche club made its way down there as well. And right. so everyone in their moms who had a Porsche was literally pulling up, driving. <laughs> <laughs> you <laughs> it was so sick and um um it was a ton of walking now i know in advance i'm bringing my running shoes because this poor old box could not hang i pulled a i pulled a gartrell homeboy was wearing jordans walking through the the forest Brutal. Brutal. <laughs> son in the mud it was a shame man them them, them things it, look this is no time to be styling and profiling yeah, <laughs> you yeah. to be comfortable it the aesthetics you know on a calm day where you're just gonna sit in one spot yeah, <laughs> yeah uh, I, I learned the hard way it's cool my legs were totally done I think in the first day alone so we got there for the kickoff of the race uh and then we we wanted to stay like the full night we were going to power through it. But unfortunately one of my friends, I got ended up getting food poisoning. So we ended up going back home by like one in the morning. Yeah. Um, even then like that was just the whole day there was, was awesome. Like just hearing those cars constantly, it, it just gives you fuel in yourself, like within yourself, yes. like constantly being around it and just like smelling the race fuel. You're just like electric the whole time. Like I didn't even need coffee, which is crazy. Cause I'm yes. at like yes it was beautiful <laughs> yes honestly true not that many people get to experience what you just explained but if you're a true enthusiast like on on that type of level exactly what seb said you'll you'll be so caught up in like the wow i'm here let me try to absorb all this that like you don't even notice when you start getting tired you just start getting delirious like me me and steve towards the end of the day we would just start babbling to each other couldn't complete full sentences necessarily we're just like bro listen it's the end of the day let's get some food and let's 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 get some rest and, and we'll be back out here again so we can definitely definitely attest to relating to that oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah and, speaking, and speaking of sound which gep car did you think sounded the best the caddy for sure that thing Oof. just it sounded the transition deep. from hybrid to the engine coming on sounded like freaking like I said, like I said it sounded like Defcon Five. <laughs> I'm not I'm not the biggest caddy fan, but I gotta give it to him. That thing sounds wicked. Yo, me neither. I, I was like fully expecting like I'd seen so many videos of of the BMW GTP car, and I was like, man, I really want to hear this. But yeah. honestly, the um, it was the caddy uh, the caddy GTP and um, what was it? The GT the GTD Pro corvette this yeah. uh yes that came second 
out of every car on the grid. That car just sounded incredible. Like the downshifts just like punched you in the face every single time you were buying it. <laughs> yeah, those V8s, man, they're, uh, <laughs> it's tough to beat the sound of a V8 as far as like impact and resonance and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was so much fun. It was, um, it was really cool because we went to the hairpin when we first got to the infield. And at least in that way, you could see between all the classes of cars, like where they're braking, what lines they're taking, like how they even sound when they're entering into the corner. And you can go around the hairpin, so you can go to the entry and you can see kind of like where their braking points are, where they're hitting that hairpin and like where they're trying to make their exit. Then you can go around to the other side where they have bleachers and you can go ahead and see the exit of the hairpin. And so you can kind of get like a full analysis of like all the classes of the cars that are there and like- right. Some are racing each other, how some are actually getting out of the, well, most are getting out of the way, but also like how they're even approaching all these corners. And then you can make your way throughout that whole part, that whole technical section of the infield and just see how these cars are maneuvering around each other. And it's just like, it's insane how fast the GTP cars are. You yeah, say it every time. Keep telling people it's prototype it it's not a game. <laughs> it's ridiculous, man. Honestly. <laughs> But uh, all right, so walk us into day two now. So friend has food poisoning. Hopefully he's recovered. We're good to go. What's, what's day two looking like? He recovered. We were good to go. Um, we ended up, we unfortunately didn't make it to the end because our flights were in the way, which at the end of it all, like, it kind of sucked because our flights were delayed. So like we could have ended up staying, but you know, I was we, one of those damn moments. Exactly. Like we were watching it all in the airport, like on the TSA line. And like, as we were getting into the no uh, terminals and then we like find out that like our flights, like at, at least mine was like an hour delayed and my other friends, like by the time I got home, like they were just flying out. So we were yeah. all watching the end of the race at the airport. Um, but in, for, in terms of day two, like it was, the energy was still there. I think it's also because a ton of people just like camped there overnight. And yeah. so like, you know, the energy is not really going to leave anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there were still like a healthy amount of people that were there. Uh, it was, it was, I would say it was way more. Um, I don't know, way more present on the first day. I think everyone just wanted to squeeze in like between the track walk and just getting everything done there. And then there were some people that like stayed overnight. There were others that right. like come until like the end of the race just to catch that. Um, but yeah, all in all, it was a great experience. Didn't walk as much on the second day. The first day, I think we clocked in like eight miles. Yeah. Like I said, learn the hard way. So I'll bring a, a pair of more comfortable shoes next time around. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But yeah, like I said, people don't realize like how fast race cars are in person. It's like, yeah, you look fast on TV, but when they literally fly past you at 170 plus, it, it, it's a bit different. <laughs> yeah, I think on the final straight at Daytona, the GTP cars are hitting 202. Wow. Yeah, it sounds about right. Yeah. Like, like right before the, the breaking zone for turn one, yeah, it was about 200. That was the thing that kept blowing my mind was like we towards the end of the night, the the first night we were there, we went back to where we were sitting for the for when the race kicked off for when lights were out. And that way you can actually see the brake lights on all the cars when they enter T1. And it was like so different, like wild. <laughs> different. Like you see the GTP cars like they're like they just 
tap the brakes like towards like the ladder and like just as they're coming into the corner barely like <laughs> with their pinky toe it feels like almost sometimes yeah it's like how are they breaking so late it actually took my, my friend was like not convinced that they were even breaking at all he's like no <laughs> those are just brake lights and i'm like ah, i mean listen i'm you <laughs> have to break for this one like yeah, yeah 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 for sure yeah and to me also the cool part about when you do the longer races um is nighttime you get to see them with the glowing brakes the gunshots the flames shooting out the exhaust the glowing exhaust like you know it, it's sports cars uh, after dark is just amazing yeah that was the part i was looking forward to as well because i know especially gtp cars like i know they don't have that like um the the like, same kind of like rake as like a formula one car would where like they're scraping the bottom of the car that often so like oh. you <laughs> but it was happening every so often especially after turn one like when it kind of went from the bank to like back to regular like street level full compression yeah like if you if they kind of didn't like hit if they didn't enter the turn at like the right the right i guess like trajectory or if they kind of like came in a little bit too late the car kind of like swooped down a little bit and you get a little spark and that was probably that was i was waiting for that because i'm like yo i want to see some sparks dude like <laughs> Give me the fireworks. <laughs> had fireworks too, but I'm like, nah, these are better. <laughs> <laughs> Wanted to get the fireworks from the car. Flamethrower coming out the back, sparks coming oh, out the other side, brakes blowing, the full effect. Honestly, it's one thing to watch a race during the day, but it's completely different watching it at night. There's no comparison. Yeah, and there were a lot of driver changes going on at night too. So we, when we were in the stands and we were watching all the pit stops going on, like, especially between all the different classes like you would just go to see like the process in the pits for getting these drivers out and like in some of the i think it was the lmp2 car basically starting from lmp3 all the way up to the gtp cars there were a good handful of them that were actually like taking out like portions of their seat yeah. i guess the like, like the inserts yes insert Yep. Yeah, exactly that. And I, I, I to, my whole like concept of it is that they just kind of like jump right out and then jump right back in. And for most of the other cars, that was the case. But in these scenarios, I think because the heating arrangement is a lot different. They, yeah. I mean, for example, like if someone like Steve's height is about to walk into the same car that Chris is about to jump into, there's no way y'all are sharing. That's the same a big difference. Yeah. All right, yeah. listen, your boy's short. I'm gonna need that booster seat, dog. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna need that booster seat, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, you you definitely need the the seat inserts for the the prototypes. Uh, yeah. The GT cars, um, usually like the pedals move, and you can move the steering wheel also, like up, down, and like in and out. I I will call it telescopic. Yeah. Um, and of course, like then in cup cars, the seat does go forward and back also. Right. Yeah, yeah. In the GT, in the GT cars, I was seeing um, uh, one of the, I guess one of the crew would open up the passenger side door, and then they would also like help strap the driver coming in, and then also like help, I guess, with a lot of the other additions that they would need to make them more comfortable. Yeah. But all in all, they managed to do it like super quick. I think I overheard someone being interviewed, and they said their time to beat is like twenty seconds. For wow, time. that's crazy. That oh. is wild see apparatus and all yeah everything that's, that's wild. wild from like hitting the lollipop to like tires are flared let's go like back on track yeah well if you if you notice most of the time like 
unless they're changing all four tires. Well, actually, no. Let me let me phrase it this way. Most of the time, you will notice they're done well before the entire pit stop is done. Like usually, they're in the car just chilling, you know, for a decent number of seconds before it's time to uh, to get back to it. So yeah, that's that's always so impressive. And it's funny, like you you had mentioned it to me before, and this is something that you definitely notice when you get a chance to see the cars up close. The prototypes are super claustrophobic on the inside. And it's oh, yeah. funny, like one of the drivers in LMP2, he is, is he 6'5? He was like 6'4, six, 6'5. Six, and he said he literally had to move his legs to the side whenever he turned the wheel, which, as you would imagine, is quite often. <laughs> right. <laughs> Reach like this just so that he's not clipping his leg on his side. The cha cha slide underneath, man. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and like, you see like how tight it is in there. And you're like, wait a minute, he's doing what? Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, when, we were actually there the day before um, the race even kicked off for the sprint race that they had. I think it was like the four hour sprint race. And mm -hmm. we a lot of people also pulled up as well, but that was when they had the garages open for all the GTP cars and the LMP classes as well. And a lot of them were deconstructed, just, you know, they were probably doing their checks. They were making sure the cars prepped, ready for the next day. Um, those cars, like, even when they're stripped, like, it was really hard for me to imagine, like, how, like, like, or rather, like, see it in real life, seeing how small they are, like, so, so tiny. And that someone, like, I, I don't know, just, like, between everything, like, seeing, like, how tiny they are, like, who's got to get in this thing? And like the fact that they're driving this thing for 24 hours and you're in this cramped space, like if you don't have claustrophobia, like you, you might as well after that race. It's just insane to me. <laughs> yeah, that part is kind of crazy. But I, I guess for those guys, like they kind of got that claustrophobic thing in check, either that or there might be a driver that gets claustrophobic, but his focus is just so lasered on turn one, turn two, turn three, et cetera, et cetera that he just completely like disregards everything else. You know what I mean? Cause some of those guys, I mean, majority of them, they, when they get in that zone, it's almost like you shift a, a light switch in your brain and like everything else that you would normally think about just goes out the window. And it's just like, what's in that moment. So yeah, it is kind of crazy. Cause you can imagine what type of conversations happen after these drivers are jumping out after their like uh, session, if you will. Um, and it's like, dude, how do you feel? And they, they don't even, they probably don't even talk to anybody immediately. They just probably pop the headphones on, head straight into the truck, and and do whatever their their decompressing slash relaxation slash refocus uh, routine would be. It's it's kind of crazy just to see them go from like crazy intensity to then let me take a breath and then right back into it. You know, almost as if like it's nothing. It's crazy. Yeah. The, the the mentality you have to have to be in those cars to race for such a length like that like lots of props like there's a reason why they're doing it there's a reason why they get a lot of respect for doing it too right i guess my my next real question would be what part of the track was your favorite like what do you have a favorite turn you know bring us into that scope it's a good point i would say what was it wasn't it i would say it was from, I'd say it was 
three and four just because which i believe is the first it's the first corner after the hairpin so they go to the hairpin and then they have that left hander and then there's that like long banking right hander and that's it's right. kind of like right hander and then it goes out and then you go back onto the um steve the, we should help out the fans put a put a little track grid on, on the screen right now so we could all uh, yeah um uh-oh, I got a sticker from the Insta store. Oh, yeah, there we go. There we go. There we go. So we're looking at the International Horseshoe right there. Right, Daytona for all the fans. So this this is what I'm talking about right here. Oh, the little kink right there? Into, yeah. Okay, I got it. This is the hairpin after the first turn here. Uh, so this is, I guess, technically turn two. That's the, the horseshoe. Right. The horseshoe? Oh, whoops. And then, yeah, so this corner. And I'll say that just because... Like it was one of the last places we went to just because we didn't even know we could get that far. And then we found out there were like a whole ton of bleachers and like just a whole walking section over there. Right. It's kind of like tucked away because the way the track is designed is that they have trams that go from the infield to a section on the outfield, like right outside the stadium. And so if you're like inside the actual like stadium and you're in the stands and you want to make your way to the infield, you don't have to walk like through the tunnel and like pretty much you're walking like a half mile from like there to like the inside of the track. Instead, you can take a tram and the tram takes you right by all that. So if you're not paying attention, you might not know that you can actually access all those areas. And that was so sick at night. And we found out super late because you were just seeing like brakes literally on fire. Like just <laughs> insane. It was so sick too, especially at night, just because you had all the the extra, like just extra heat, all the extra stuff just going on. It was so much fun. Um, what I will say though, to note as well, that I was like, kind of unimpressed with the LMP3 cars, like, <laughs> like they just, like when you go from like the GTP and then you have even like the LMP2, like those are exciting. And then the LMP3 is just the sound alone. Like they were just not impressive. Like, have, like most of the cars on the grid that were like the GTD and the GTT pro, like they sounded better than the LMP3 cars. Yeah, I noticed that a little bit too. I can't even lie. Not not to front on them. I mean, like, hey, yeah, they're no, 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 too, no, like, you know, it's got their own speed. <laughs> if it's I'm just, just when we when we go to the track, we want the rowdy ones to show up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> trying to get the emotions high. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was my favorite section for sure. Um yeah, we gotta go next year. <laughs> please, please well um let me ask you this well just so the fans know we will be at Watkins Glen I promise you that what are you most looking forward to with Watkins Glen I think just a different track layout like I, I really enjoyed the Rolex layout in the environment, but I'm also curious to see how they replicate the same environment at a different track. Like they also had a lot of things going on on the infield where like Acura came through, BMW came through, Ford was there. Like they had a whole bunch of boots and a whole bunch of cars. Like uh, Toyota was there too. Um, and like, it was really cool checking out like all the cars that they brought and also just talking to a lot of the people there. They had a, a, a sim booth. They also had a reaction booth where like they had like, you know how F1 drivers, like they'll test the reactions and like hit the lights. Yeah, right uh kick some like 12 year olds ass anyway uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, everybody can get it <laughs> Fair game, listen. nobody's safe 
We're going to learn today. <laughs> right, he probably pulled up in a Porsche anyway, so end of the day. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Rolex. Anything's on the table. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, but yeah, just just pretty much comparing environments, like seeing how like how much of a spectacle Rolex is compared to like like what Watkins can deliver as well. So just in a comparative environment, just taking the two and going like, wow, they did this really well, they did that really well, or like you know maybe I can get even closer to the like the grid at Watkins and like really like feel the cars up close comparatively to to Rolex. So are we gonna get close? Don't worry. Like sure. Watkins is a different breed, man. You know, like. I keep telling people you have to go on the practice days. You yeah. walk right. You can damn near get hit by a car. Like over there, the high right? fives. Yep, we watched somebody turn down the wrong block. We was like, "Yo, you gotta go that way." Yeah. <laughs> oh. You would have thought you would have thought we were a part of the whole thing. Like we're over here traffic, <laughs> talking to teams. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. You just reminded me there was a really weird. Like they had um, there were there was like small streets and on the infield part of of the grid and a lot of it was just for like in like transportation trams and like cars that were taking you to and from like lamborghini was there out of full force they had like really attractive blondes like just driving urises all around everywhere <laughs> got some kind of like yep. fancy like they were chauffeuring you around um, i'll make sure to buy that ticket next year yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> But halfway through the night, I think I, I ended up seeing it on the replay too. Um, I think it was an LMP2 car that like it was trying to make its way back to the pits because they had like a problem or something and they didn't want to go through like the rest of the track. Instead, they wanted to like cut through the infield. And so they cut through the infield where everybody was. And everyone was like, the heck? That, why is that here? Like what? <laughs> and some guy like tried flagging him down, like, yo, you can't, you can't <laughs> <not> supposed <laughs> to be over here. <laughs> Right. <laughs> it was so funny but to see that like it was just like so out of the ordinary it's like th this guy really should not be here right now but like we're so glad that you are yeah <laughs> right, exactly it, it tell you like that's that's the the best part is how close you can get bro chip ganassi nearly hit me with his golf cart the first time i went to Watkins play <laughs> oh really like oh it's chip Oh, almost got hit. My bad. I got like, you. Right. <laughs> make like a fly and hang on. Like next time. Bro. Oh, yep. <laughs> yeah, and then again, like because all of the garages open, so like um, the the Michelin Pilot Cup Series and then Porsche Cup, like all of their garages are open, so you literally can just walk right through the garage unimpeded. They like. No one says anything. Nobody cares. You damn near in the car with them. It's all good. Uh, of course, like, uh, you know, the the teams for WeatherTech, they have their trucks blocked off, but you're still right there. And then to your point earlier, it's pretty cool when you get to see them put the cars together. Uh, I've even been there when they've done the first starts for the weekend, that first cold start, see them plug the yeah. computer in, you get that nice long... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you hear them prime the fuel pumps. Things sound like turbo just turning on. My man plugging away. Oh, oh, yeah, and then the whole <laughs> fucking tent the whole booth rattles. Yeah, the whole tent cheeks is like, oh man, yeah, that's what I came for. <laughs> that's why I'm here. We actually, um, when we were there the day before, um, 
and they had the sprint race going on. We went to the top of the garages for the GTP cars and we didn't, we couldn't really hear because there was so much going on, but we felt the floor vibrating and it would just like vibrate even more and more after a while. And then we like looked down over the edge and there was just a crowd of people all around that garage in particular, just like trying to look at this car get started up. And I was like, oh shit, I think they just started a car under us. And then just as I said that, like you just literally feel like the whole ground vibrate, like, oh shit. That was <laughs> yeah, pretty cool, man. So that, it was like that, but like 20X when it started when we were in the stand, so is it, it was great you could feel it you could smell it you could hear it everything you want is there oh yeah oh yeah and this year besides just for gcp there's more new cars in the field uh the new 992 gt3r yeah. gte uh of course the the new m4 came out last year but that just came out last year that's still a right new car as well so i'm definitely looking forward to seeing and hearing those up close compared to their predecessors yes sir you'd be surprised what what, what just being a, hu a good human being and like just being friendly will get you just really quick just touching on like when you go into the garages and stuff all you gotta do is be be like a free open casual human being and you'd be surprised like some of these guys they'll bring you in they'll have you you know taking a look at the inside of the car up close you know, sometimes they have they have specific rigs. They might say that, hey, you know, if they're not being used, you can practice on this little sim right here or something like that. You'd be surprised, man. Just being just being down to earth and and like not weird and not an asshole will get you a, you know a long way. So I'm excited to see everybody that comes through to Watkins Glen this year because I've already had the privilege of experiencing it once with my guy Steve and you know. I can rant and rave all day, but it's it's a completely different thing where you're going to be in the mix with us. So this next video that we come out with after Watkins Glen, stay tuned for that, man, because we're going to have a few of us that have never been there before actually get first, you know, first experience of uh, of what it's like to be behind the scenes in like an official race like that. I'm excited. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We're going to make that happen. Any closing thoughts, Sub? Nah, man, I'm honestly now excited after Chris has got me super excited for walking. <laughs> I'm ready to like have you lead the way. You better bring like a whistle and a flag so we can have a That's class. That's it. That's it. Like, yeah. He's going to turn around like, all right, we're going to need a head count. Is everybody here? All right. <laughs> right. Bathroom <laughs> breaks. Now's your chance. <laughs> got to pull the list out. Chris, Sam, yeah. here, Mary, <laughs> here. Okay. <laughs> like, let's, let's, let's keep it rolling to the next one. But yeah, like I said, IMSA is always a great time. We'll be out there. Might have to make Daytona happen next year. We'll see. We also have some other trips planned that hopefully we can make happen too for 2024. We'll see what happens. I mean, then also, they ain't going nowhere. Right. <laughs> One last thing I just thought of, and I'm surprised that we didn't think of this earlier, but let the fans know real quick, Seb, how much was it for a ticket to Daytona? For those two days so that this way they know like hey you know this is something that i might want to do for myself what you know what where do they go first off to buy a ticket and roughly how much is it for uh for the ticket that you paid for just before we go yeah good question um so the um who was it it was uh the best man ended up coordinating everything since it was a bachelor party but i did ask him like how much it was roughly for the tickets and we ended up getting 
Um, I think it was like full weekend pass. So I think it was like a three or a four day pass and it allowed you into the infield and you got like this cool wristband, which is um, some somewhere in my drawer somewhere. Um, but that I believe ran at about like 140. For everything we experienced and like, like just the trams and like being able to get into like the infield without a problem, like it was absolutely worth it in my opinion. Not bad at all. For all part of Florida. I'm not the only one saying IMSA is great value. Sebring was like a hundred bucks. Yep. Watkins was like a hundred bucks. I'm sitting in cars, holding doors, meeting drivers, <laughs> getting autographs and stuff. So listen, man, I try to I try to guide you in the right direction. <laughs> listen to your boy. I'm gonna take you to the promised land. Don't worry. And then sooner rather than later, we'll actually be in the race. Oh. But with that. That's all the time we have for today. We'll see you guys in the next one. Stay safe. It's the Pitbox Podcast.